0: Welcome to 0 I'm Oscar Boyd. This week, you've probably seen news stories about a World Meteorological Organization study that says that the global average temperature for a single year is likely to exceed the 1.5 degrees Celsius threshold sometime before 2027. There's been a lot of discussion around what this all means, so for this short bonus episode of 0 I'm sitting down with Akshat to understand the implications. Akshat, welcome to Zero. Nice to be here. So first off, why is the 1.5 degrees
1: Celsius number so important? Well, one thing, because 200 countries have agreed on it. Uh, The Paris Agreement, which was signed in 2015, had almost every country on the planet say that they will keep warming well below 2 degrees Celsius and try to keep it below 1.5 degrees Celsius. But it is a good question because both those targets are kind of arbitrary. And what do you mean by that? There is no scientific basis to say 2 degrees Celsius is when the planet gets cooked and humans die. It's what was politically feasible and was seen to be politically feasible when discussions leading up to the Paris Agreement were taking place. Now, at that time, only two degrees Celsius was on the radar. And then island nations got really angry because... From their perspective, sea levels would rise so much that many of their countries would be entirely underwater. And so from their side, it was a complete no-go and they wanted a more ambitious goal. And because of that more ambitious goal, they landed with 1.5 degrees Celsius. And from a scientific perspective, really every 0.1 degrees Celsius matters. And so you want to avoid as much warming as possible. But we are also bound by international law and that is currently... The Paris Agreement. And international law can only work in kind of nice round numbers. (laughs) It so happens.
0: And that 1.5 degree Celsius figure, that's become more and more important since the
1: Paris 2015 agreement, right? It has. There was another United Nations report in 2018 that showed that if you hit the 1.5 degree Celsius goal versus only meeting the 2 degree Celsius goal, the world would be a much better place. It'll be trillions of dollars richer. The impacts on people will be uh, much less. Agricultural productivities won't fall. Your weather patterns won't be as extreme. And so aiming for 1.5 degrees Celsius is a good idea. And the report helped us come up with net zero by 2050, which has become a rallying cry across governments and corporations.
0: What does this new report from the WMO say?
1: Well, it's a technical report, so I'll read out what the technical report says technically. Okay. Which is there is a 66% likelihood that the annual average near surface global temperature will rise above 1.5 degrees Celsius compared to pre industrial levels for at least one year between 2023 and 2027.
0: And so, for people whose eyes have just gently glazed over, what does that mean in kind of regular person speak?
1: That there is a very high likelihood that sometime over the next five years, there'll be one year when global average temperatures are higher than 1.5 degrees Celsius. And that will be quite the jump from the previous record, which was set in 2016 at 1.28 degrees Celsius. So
0: if we cross this one year at 1.5 degree Celsius threshold, does that mean that one of the two big goals of the Paris Agreement is moot?
1: No, because the Paris Agreement is very clear. The goal is to keep warming below 1.5 degrees Celsius for the long term. So to breach the Paris Agreement goal, the global average temperature will have to exceed 1.5 degrees Celsius consistently for many years for that to happen. A single year doesn't do it. You mentioned 2016 being the previous hottest
0: year on record, that was uh, El Nino year. Is that what's driving this expected
1: heat this time around as well? Well, most of the heat, we should know, is coming from greenhouse gas emissions. The more fossil fuels we burn, the more CO2 we put into the atmosphere, the thicker the blanket on the planet and the warmer it gets. So there is this background warming which continues to increase. But yes, there are other complicating factors that have planetary impacts which can both increase or decrease average temperatures. So for the last three years, we've been in this La Nina phase, which is a complicated phenomena, but, To simply understand it, it brings up a lot of cold water from deep in the Pacific Ocean and that helps cool the planet compared to where average temperatures would have been otherwise.
0: Whereas El Nino does the
1: opposite. Correct. And that means it exacerbates the warming and that would be one reason why breaching the 1.5 degrees Celsius threshold becomes more likely.
0: So one reaction I've seen to this reporting is, it's only temporary, why should
1: we care? So, why do you think we should care? Well, the WMO reports are annual reports. There was one last year which said alarming things, and there will be one next year which will say more alarming things. So, a single report doesn't change things. But it's the nature of news that we move from one outrage to another. However, climate change is this thing in the background that just keeps getting worse. And these reports are a good check on where things stand and a good moment to discuss why we are heading in that direction. And these reports actually provide details that are crucial. So one other technical thing it says is that there's a 98% chance, which in scientific term is an almost certainty that over the next five years, we will breach the 2016 record of 1.28 degrees Celsius warming in a single year. It also says, for example, that the Arctic is now warming disproportionately more than the rest of the planet. Over the next five years, that warming is supposed to be as much as three times the global average. And that's bad because that will cause sea ice to melt, which will expose the ocean, which is darker, which will absorb more heat and make things worse. There's also information about precipitation patterns, and that affects agricultural productivity, movement patterns, migration, droughts. And those are all things we should think about and worry about.
0: So then the other reaction to this reporting is, are we doomed? Is this the moment where we cross this
1: figure for the first time and just the portent of everything that is to come? And the answer again is no, because it's not like crossing 1.5 degrees Celsius in one year means some irreversible thing has happened. There are real tipping points, things like the Amazon going from a rainforest to becoming a savanna, the Arctic becoming completely ice-free, and all those things are things we should worry about. But the sad part is most of these tipping points, we cannot predict when they will happen. And often we only really find out that they've happened when we look back. And that's why these reports are important because scientists are warning us that we should keep below the temperature targets that we've set and avoid hitting these tipping points altogether.
0: And there is some new reporting right that's just come out recently that says there is some hope that we might actually meet at least the two degree target.
1: Yes, there's also a different study that came out this week in Nature Climate Change, which says that If, and it's a big if, all the pledges that countries have made so far are met. Global average temperature in the long term can be kept below 2 degrees Celsius and as close as to 1.7 degrees Celsius. That's never happened in the past. Countries haven't made those commitments until now. Of course, that also means that people have agency because it's governments and corporations that have to meet these goals and people can hold them to account. And do you think this
0: report, having come out with so much coverage, is likely to increase the number of people holding those companies and their governments to account? Will it kickstart more aggressive action on climate change?
1: Well, one can hope so. Just looking historically, the WMO has been publishing these reports annually for quite some time, and they did not always make front page news. And they did not always trigger a bonus episode on a climate podcast these are moments which are created because of a report with a stark warning that lead to conversations. And those conversations are honestly very important to be had now.
0: Well, thank you, Aksha. And at some point, we'll do a bonus episode, which is not
1: all doom and gloom. Yes. Why do we always choose a bad science report to talk about a bonus episode?
0: Thank you for listening to Zero. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you've got feedback, questions or suggestions, you can email us at zeropod at bloomberg.net. Zero's producer is me, Oscar Boyd, and senior producer is Christine Driscoll. Our regular host is Akshat Rathi. You just heard his beautiful voice. It's a technical report, and it says technical things. Special thanks to Zara Hirji, Olivia Rudgaard, and Kira Bindram. For more reporting on the climate crisis and its solutions, head to bloomberg.com slash green.